This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Our mission is to spread awareness of the message and divine beauty of the Quran across the world. Support our mission at www.bayina.org. That's B-A-Y-Y-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ اجْعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَارْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ قَالَ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا ثُمَّ أَضْطَرُّهُ إِلَى عَذَابِ النَّارِ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَاحْلُلْ عُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُوا قَوْلِي فَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ ثُمَّ أَمَّا بَعْدُ وَنْسَ أَجَنَّ أَبِي بَلِي السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ The ayahs translated وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا when Ibrahim alayhi, And when Ibrahim alayhi salam said, Master, make this or transform this into a peaceful city, a safe city. وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And provide its citizens, its people from... And it's interesting, the word ahl is used. Ahl also means the people worthy of it. Ahl is someone worthy of something. So it's people and the people worthy of it, meaning worthy of the city. All kinds of fruit. Min al-thamarat, min is of tanawur, which means it opens up the scope, as opposed to saying provide them fruit. Provide them from fruit means all kinds of fruit, all variation of fruit, which is impossible, especially in a limiting climate like the desert where this prayer is being made. How can they get all kinds of fruit? But that's his prayer. Man amana minhum billahi wal akhir. Whoever among them were to believe in Allah, and the last day. That's a conditional statement. You don't see the nature of the conditional statement because it's in the past tense. So you don't say, Man yu'min billahi. That's not majzum, but it's fi mahal jazm. It's, it's that way. What that means in simple English is that you, instead of translating whoever believed, you would have to translate whoever were to believe in Allah and the last day. Qala wa man kafara. Allah responds, He said, uh, and wh- whoever were to disbelieve, not whoever disbelieved, whoever were to disbelieve, this is a again a conditional, conditional statement. فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا Then I shall, um, translating this casually, I would say I will hook him up a little bit too. I will set him up too. I will, I will furnish him and allow him to enjoy. مَتَّعَ To give someone مَتَعَ مَتَعَ is things you can use and enjoy. So I will, I will give him things, or I'll furnish such a person, a disbeliever even, um, things to use and things to enjoy to an extent, to a limited extent, قليلًا, a little bit. Then I will drag him into the punishment of the fire, وَبِئْسَ masir, And what a horrible place to go back to that is. Masir also from Sara, a place to be. So what a horrible place that is. Now this ayah is made up of multiple components. The first thing to note here is um, the fact that this is we've now entered into a conversation between Allah and Ibrahim which started in the previous ayah. This, is a, this entire passage is a dialogue between the Prophet Ibrahim and Allah Himself. Okay, so it's a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The second thing to note here is that the pronouns that are used for Allah generally in the Qur'an are huwa, he, uh, and then in the second place it's nahnu, we, right? That's the common use pronoun. And the rare use pronoun is ana or I. That's the rare case, okay? Now you'll notice that this entire passage, when Allah speaks to Ibrahim salam, the use of ana is the consistent usage, which is rare. Uh, now, the, a study of ana in the Qur'an, a study of the use of I for God, for Allah in the Qur'an, yields the following. It's either used in cases of extreme anger, uh, 
For instance, inni u'adhibuhu adhaban la u'adhibuhu ahadam min al-alamin. Certainly I, I will torture him with a torture that I have never tortured anyone with. You know, the I is an extremely angry case. And understand the psychology behind that. A king is speaking in the royal sense. We have declared, we have passed, we have decreed, we have granted. It's the royal or formal use of the language. You dare speak to me this way? I will get to you. I will destroy you. That's a, that's a king now speaking in the tone where he's made a matter personal. You understand? So the use of I in the Qur'an expresses an unusual form of anger on behalf of Allah on multiple occasions. On the other side, this is why also, إِنَّهُمْ يَكِيدُونَ كَيْدَ وَأَكِيدُ Not نَكِيدُ كَيْدَ وَأَكِيدُ كَيْدَ They're making a scheme, I'm making one too. This is أَكِيدُ كَيْدَ So there's lots of instances of that in the Qur'an. The other thing that the I indicates is an unusual love and mercy in the Qur'an. So you'll find that ana is used when there's an unusual kind of closeness between Allah and His slaves. For instance, one of the, mo- one of the most beautiful moments of intimacy and closeness between the master and the slave, this, this, this uh, you know, experience is Musa alayhi salam on the mountain, right? Inni ana Allah, la ilaha illa ana, fa'budni wa aqimi salata li dhikri. Like that's this, this incredible moment when Allah speaks to a human being directly through the burning bush. He says, I, in fact, am Allah. No one is to be worshipped except me. Establish the prayer to remember me. There's a lot of I in that passage. Similarly, you'll study Tawbah in the Qur'an. And Tawbah is the, one of the greatest acts of Allah's mercy in the Qur'an. Why? Because Tawbah isn't just... When Allah accepts Tawbah, He's not just forgiving your sin. He's converting your sin into good deeds. Right? That's an unimaginable kind of mercy. That's what Furqan says. Allah replaces your evil deeds with good ones. That's when Tawbah is accepted. So you'll notice when Allah mentions the verb for tawbah, which is taba, what's the present tense? Yatubu. When He attributes Him to Himself, He doesn't say natubu. He always says, atubu. Atubu. He'll say for other, like, for example, Allah is the Creator. Allah, you'll find in the Qur'an, نَحْنُ الْخَالِقُونَ أَنْتُمْ تَخْلُقُونَهُ أَمْ نَحْنُ الْخَالِقُونَ But when it comes to tawab, أَنَا التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ أَنَا التَّوَابُ Not نَحْنُ التَّوَابُونَ أَنَا التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ the one who accepts tawbah, ana again. Which is an expression of Allah's unusual love and mercy. Now, this entire passage, it's not the exception that ana is used. This is the norm. The entire dialogue between him and Ibrahim, the norm is ana. And, wallahu ta'ala a'lam, my mind goes to one place, and that is, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ خَلِيلًا You know, Ibrahima Khalila. Like Allah took Ibrahim alayhi salam as a close, intimate friend. And that closeness is captured in this dialogue by him using what? Ana. You know, that closeness is, is part of that, that uh, you know, friendship that he has with Allah Azza wa Jal. So in any case, that's, that ana still takes a t- tough turn. Ibrahim alayhi salam, now if you keep track of what's going on, in the previous ayah, Ibrahim alayhi salam had made a prayer. Um, and, you know, because he said, وَمِن ذُرِّيَّةِ What about out of my offspring? What's going to happen with them? And Allah didn't say, don't worry about your offspring. He just said something almost entirely different, he said, my promise doesn't extend to wrongdoers. Right? Which doesn't quite answer his question, but it kind of does. So understand what, what's missing in the blanks there. What's missing in the blanks is, yes, some children, okay, but there are among your children people that will be what? Wrongdoers, and this promise has nothing to do with them. Now, Ibrahim salam, when he's hearing this, he's actually learned two things. On the one hand, Allah hasn't refused my prayer. On the other hand, Allah has informed me of some pretty bad news, which is what? 
that some of my future lineage is going to be wrongdoers. Now, now I know they're going to be wrongdoers. Now he's living with that fact, and what he's going to say to Allah from here on is informed by that. Like it's, it's, he's aware of that now, and so his conversation with Allah is, you know, is in light of that. This is an important bit of a sunnah of prophets when it comes to dialogue or conversation. You know when you're negotiating with someone or talking to someone and they disagree with you or they say something you don't want to hear? A lot of times people repeat what they said before and they repeat it again and they repeat it again and they repeat it again. And you're like, why are we going in circles? Why isn't the conversation moving forward? Until you, in a, in a dialogue, until you recognize this has been said, meaning they said no to X. I need to work around that and deal with Y now. But there are some people when they negotiate, they don't really negotiate because they keep asking X over and over again. No, I already said no to that. No, 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 but, but X. Yeah, okay, I understand, but X. Uh, that's not how a conversation moves forward, right? And so he actually acknowledges Allah has given me a bit of bad news here, along with the implied good news, I'm going to work around that. And that's what's informed this particular ayah. The other thing to note about this ayah, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّجْعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا Surah Ibrahim actually has a different phrasing of the same, almost the same ayah. Um, and Surah Ibrahim is different from this one because that's a Makki surah, right? There, Ibrahim alayhi salam says, uh, Now, for Arabic students, this is an easy difference to understand. is an ismul ishara and musharun ilay. They're a fragment together. And hadha baladan aminan is not. So one translates, this one translates, make this a peaceful city. Make this a peaceful city. But if you say, like Allah says in, Ibrahim, in Surah Ibrahim, quoting him, that means, make this city a peaceful one. Which is a little bit different. Now, compare the two forms of English. Make this a peaceful city, and make this city a peaceful one. There's a subtle difference between them. Some argue, and that's, this is not definitive. This is a possibility within the language. Some argue that these are actually a chronology. I, I find that a compelling argument. Though I don't think it's an absolute argument, I do think it's a compelling argument. That this is a suggested chronology. When he is standing, Ibrahim is standing, there is nothing there. All he can point out is a this. He says, Ya Allah, turn all this into a city. And not only a city, a peaceful one. In other words, he's not looking at a city. And he's asking for it to be turned into one. It's his imagination that this desolate desert of Mecca with burnt rock all around is going to be turned into a hustling, bustling city. That's his prayer. Hada baladan aminan. That's here. As opposed to that in Surah Ibrahim, it's Rabbij al hadal balada aminan, which could translate, Master, turn this city into a peaceful one. Now, when you say this city, what are you pointing at? An existing city. So that could actually suggest that the city is already in place. In other words, one prayer was made before it was kind of founded as a city and well populated and taken care of. And the other prayer is actually something entirely different. The other prayer has to do with later on when he comes back and it's already a, you know, a well-established city, right? Where, where uh, life is going on and things are being taken care of. Now this is important to note because uh, I find this compelling, this argument, I'll share the counter-argument with you too. That's just part of you know, academic honesty. The word balad is translated as a city. And the Qur'an seems to use it in that way. Why? لَا أُقْسِمُ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ وَأَنْتَ حِلُّمْ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الَّذِينَ تَغَوْفِلْ بِلَادِ Cities. So it's used multiple times in the meaning of city. But linguistically, balad can also mean land. 
or a large expanse of land. Ard wasi'a, balad. Some, some large patch of land is also called balad. So some have interpreted this to say, make this land into a city, or make this into a, you know, a, a peaceful land. So instead of translating this now as a city, they're actually translating it as just what? Land. And then they're saying, well, there's no real difference between these two phrases. They're essentially saying the same thing. There's no suggested chronology here. Though personally, from Quranic usage point of view, I do find the first argument more compelling. The Arabic words in the Quran can have any number of meanings, but then when Allah uses them in a certain way and He already establishes kind of a precedent for how He implies them, then I'm more inclined to go with the meanings that the Quran's context has set. Uh, sort of, because he, he already put my mind in a certain track about that word elsewhere, and now He's reusing that word here. And so it's kind of hard for me to not divorce myself from thinking about how he used it there, because it's all one message, you know. So in any case, the other thing I'd like to share with you here is what's the benefit of understanding the chronology? Like, okay, great. This one is before the city was made, the one we're reading, and that one in Surah Ibrahim is after the city was made. What's the benefit of knowing that? Well, I argue that the benefit here is pretty profound. Notice what he asked for is different. What he asked for here is Provide, Make its peace is always there But additionally what did he ask for? Provide its citizens from all kinds of fruit Provide them with all kinds of fruit In other words, it's prosperity right? That's what he's asking for And is this prosperity in the spiritual sense? Or is it prosperity in the physical, material sense? This is material, isn't it? It's, it's fruit Provide them with all kinds of fruit now go to Surah Ibrahim and he says, Make this city into a peaceful one and keep me and my offspring from worshipping idols. Prevent me and my offspring from worshipping idols. When he's ask, what he's asking from, for over there, is it spiritual in nature or material in nature? It's spiritual in nature. So there's a fundamental difference between these two prayers. One of them, after he asks for the peace of this city, he asks for something material. And there he asks for something spiritual. Now that's important to note. Because before the city was even formed, if that's the argument, before the city is even formed, it's just a patch of land, he's asking Allah, Ya Allah, I need this to become a city. Then that city on top of that not, not, uh, not only should become a city, it should become a peaceful one. And in order for it to sustain itself in this impossible climate, they're going to need all kinds of what? Fruit. So he's actually building the physical foundations of that city. Years later, he comes back to it. It's already a hustling and bustling city. Clearly, that part of the prayer has been fulfilled. They are in a material sense taken care of. Now he's worried about another kind of peace. I would even argue in the prayer of Ibrahim salam in Surah Ibrahim, the word aminan has a different meaning. He's not saying keep the city peaceful. That's already been taken care of. Ya Allah, keep the city safe from spiritual deterioration. Like he's asking, that's an entirely spiritual prayer. Ya Allah, preserve the peace of the iman of this city. And do so by doing what? By making sure that the, you know my, my offspring and myself don't fall into the worship of idols. And that's actually a really beautiful thing to say because what, what he is saying is when people are desperate and they have nothing, then it's easy for them to turn to Allah. But when life becomes good and fruits are accessible and things are comfortable, then people start thinking that this is all taken for granted and they, it's easy for them to turn to other than Allah. And set up other idols. Idols don't mean that you have a Lakshmi in your basement or something, and that you know you you do that. That's not necessarily idols. Idols could become money. Idols could become image. Idols could become, you know, fame. 
social status. These are all idols too, and people can worship them. And that's all they ever crave for, right? Those can become idols when life is good. You know, and in, in a world that is now like drowned in materialism, we have all kinds of idols. We have some, some, some for some people, this is an idol. This, this thing is an idol. They worship it. Like, without it, they can't live. You know, they turn to it in times of need. You know, they, it's, it's their company when they're alone. It's their happiness. You know, it's, the, it's their fulfillment in all things. It's always with them. <laughs> you know? Isn't that crazy? It guides them. <laughs> it's their constant companion. It's their only friend. It's, it speaks to them. It answers their calls. <laughs> I'm not saying you're full of shirk, but <laughs> I'm not. But I am saying it can be. It can be. You know, there. It's scary. That's just scary. So he says, you know, when life is good, fruits are provided for. When People set up idols. And they, you know, like what you call first world problems. Those are idols. I can't live without X. I just fill in the blank. Whatever that is. Why, why can't you live without it? The only thing you can't be without is your Lord, your master. You have him. You have nothing else to worry about. But now we have these other things that we can't do without. And we have wuli'a ilayhi. This is aliha ila fulanin in Arabic. Wuli'a bihi to... Uh, the, the word ilah comes from the verb aliha. Aliha means to be desperate for something and to not be able to do without it. And to go crazy in its absence. That's one of the meanings of the word Allah, ilah. It's one of the origins of that word. And now we have other things that we just feel like we can't do without. And we're desperate for them, you know. SubhanAllah. So, so anyway, that's, that's the, the difference in chronology, right? So before the city was formed, he asked for its material. But there's another profound you know, matter of context. I told you that um, this ayah, you guys know, this ayah is uh, Madani. And the, the original audience that has been spoken to for 82 verses, 82 ayat, is the Israelites. Surah Ibrahim is what surah? Is Makki. And who's the primary audience of the Meccan Qur'an? It's the pagans. Now this is profound. Because the pagans, what, what have they done? They've desecrated that house with idols. And they're being told, while they're being addressed, your father Abraham said, Ya Allah, don't let me and my children fall into the worship of idols. Look at what you did. That's your father Ibrahim who prayed. Like it's putting them to shame for how they completely obliterated the legacy of their father. It's such a placed statement there. That statement wouldn't fit here. Because Allah is not talking to who here? The mushrikun of Makkah. Nor, nor have the Israelites set up any idols in Makkah. They haven't. But the Israelites have a different problem. The Israelites in this entire passage clearly believe that they were the chosen people. And as the chosen people, God should have protected them and should have protected their capital and should have kept it safe and you know, should have seen them through all their troubles. But what has happened throughout their history? Like they're over and over again, there's trouble, 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 trouble. Now Allah, Allah turns to them and says, by the way, your father did ask for a peaceful place that will always remain peaceful. The promised land. And that's, it particularly hits the Jewish community when you use the words promised land. 
لا ينالوا عهدي الظالمين like there was a promised land and it was promised to your father Abraham because he prayed for it a place that should always remain safe and should have all kinds of fruit guess what you got the wrong address <laughs> he did pray that they should get all kinds of fruits it's so amazing that like the, the words it's already preparing the Jewish community there is you're right there is a promised land there is such a thing That is going to be under God's protection forever. Even elephants won't be able to crush it. There is such a place. It's just not Jerusalem. It's this. And then Ibrahim alayhi prayer is so pointed, given the conversation that's already coming, مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ Allah provide this fruit to all kinds, all kinds of fruit, and make the city peaceful, and provide them all kinds of fruit, but only to those who believe in Allah in the last day. Wait, in the previous ayah, Allah told Ibrahim, you're not just going to have believing children, you're going to also have who? Wrongdoers. He's not necessarily saying, starve my wrongdoing kids. But he is realizing one thing. Unless my believing children survive, all of my children will become wrongdoers. And if my wrongdoing children have any hope, it's going to be through at the hands of my Believing children. So, Ya Allah, can you make sure my believing children survive? The ones who believe in Allah in the last day? Can they, can they at least be around? <laughs> so that they can take care and they can maintain. And, so, and by the way, so long as they're the ones taking care of the house, then at least the house won't be corrupted. Remember the, the, the prayer later on is going to be what? Keep me and my children from worshipping idols. That can only happen if my believing children are the ones taken care of. They're not exiled. And by the way, if Makkah doesn't have its own fruit, and it's a city, what are people going to have to do? They're going to have to leave town. When, when the economy of your city is not well, what do you do? You migrate. You might, so many people are in the United States because the economies from where they came from were not supporting them. They couldn't get the right job. They couldn't run a decent business. They couldn't make a living. And they left and they came to a place that provides them better. If you're going to be in a desert where there's no fruits, and then there's other lands that have farm, they have agriculture, they have marine life, they have everything else, obviously you're going to go there, aren't you? He says, Ya Allah, I'm going to need them to get their fruits here so they don't even need to leave. Because this ain't exactly a place you want to stay long term. But I'm going to need you to provide them. And by the way, if you're think about this from just geopolitical in a geopolitical sense. If you're in the middle of the desert... And you're the only place that has fruits. Right? And the deserts are abandoned people. You know that. And you're the only place that has fruits. What's going to happen to you? You're going to get attacked all the time. Because nobody else has it. You do. He's, and he's cognizant of that and said, Ya Allah, I'm asking for a place that remains safe and have all kinds of fruit. You can't have both. <laughs> the only places that are safe are the ones that are not worth robbing. In that kind of a desperate environment. But then Allah, he, he asked for both of these together. And in a sense, when I, I actually first studied these ayat when I was a student of political science. I was taking a, a few poli-sci courses. I really loved them. I had this psychotic Italian professor. He was awesome. He was so cool. He had the glasses bigger than his face. And just he, his pants were always like up high, checkered. He did not care how he looked. And he made sure that we felt that way. 
and who's socially awkward, first comes into class, what are the three branches of government? And we're like, the executive, the legislative, the judicial. He goes, you know why they call it the executive? Because the president can execute people. (laughs) I was like, I want my education under this man. This is who I shall learn from. He has inspired me. But I learned a lot from him. One of the things I learned was actually about uh, Amun and Thamar. It's Ibrahim is asking for two fundamental things for, for this society that he knows is going to have to stay until Judgment Day. Peace and fruits. Safety and fruits. Which fruits translates into what? Prosperity. Prosperity. That's what it translates into. And by the way, fruits also translates into one more thing. Um, international trade. Because that place can't have its own what? It can't have its own fruit. Fruit's going to have to come from outside. There's going to have to be an exchange and trade. So some kind of a trade, you can't be an isolated society and you have to be peaceful. The thing is, in any society where you live, as a per- forget being a po- political scientist or whatever, if you choose to live somewhere, what are the two things you're going to consider? Above everything else, is it a safe place to live? And are there jobs? Are, are, can we make a good living here? Can we survive? Aren't those the two fundamental things? Everything else will fall into place if those two things are there. If any one of these two is missing, there's no jobs here, there's no way to make money. Or it's not that safe. But the schools are great. The weather's awesome. What a view. Will that matter? It won't matter because you're not safe. Or you have nothing to eat. You can't. He asks for the two things that are at the heart of every society. And one of them goes, the other one goes. When, when the economy falls, crime, what happens to crime? Crime rises, you know? And when the, the, the crime rises, businesses leave, right? Business goes because people don't want to invest in that place. It's unstable. So the economy falls. They're both hand in hand. It's such a genius dua. You know, but the qualification he made here, what I wanted to suggest here was, previously, he, Allah told him, Zalimin are not getting my promise. What promise was that? Leadership. You need to remember what the promise was. I'm making you a leader. He said, what about my offspring? No, no wrongdoers don't get leadership. Was that material leadership or spiritual leadership? Answer the question. What was it? Think about it. He just passed all those tests that asked him to build the Kaaba. Was that material, like political leadership or spiritual leadership? It was spiritual. And Allah said, I can't give that to everybody. Right? Next dua. Is it a material dua or a spiritual dua? It's a material dua. Allah says, okay, I won't extend my, material, my, my spiritual promise to everyone. But the material promise, وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا Even the one who's disbelieved, I'll let him get a little bit too. But the question is, they get a lot. Why is Allah saying qalilan? Because, I mean, even at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, who had a lot and who had a little? The believers had a little. The disbelievers had a lot. In the time of Musa and Fir'aun, who had a lot and who had a little? <laughs> Look at all the examples throughout history to this day. Those who don't believe in Allah in the last day have what? A lot. And as opposed to those, those who believe have a little. So why is he saying, I'm going to give the disbelievers a little? It's actually something explained elsewhere in the Qur'an. The entire, everything you get in this life, 
All the things you can enjoy in worldly life. If you had everything there is to be offered in worldly life, it amounts to, to little in comparison to what's com- coming in the next. Allah's way of saying, I will give them this world, is Allah, I, will, I will give them a little. That's Allah's way of saying this world is just a little. The whole world that is here now is just a little. It's so beautiful. فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا But then, and, and how long are they going to live anyway? The Pharaoh can build whatever pyramids he wants. He's still going to go. People can take pictures there later. He's not going to be there. ثُمَّ أَطَرُّهُ إِلَىٰ عَذَابِ النَّارِ Then I will drag him to the punishment of the fire. And the fire is also imagery. Because whatever you enjoy, there's one thing that destroys all things. It's fire. A beautiful house can be destroyed by fire. You know. Jewelry can be destroyed by fire. Food can be destroyed by fire. Beauty can be destroyed by fire. The, 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 the idea, I will drag him into the punishment of the fires, I will drag him into that which destroys all things. <laughs> what a horrible place to be that is. And what a horrible place to exist that is. That's the response of Allah. Now I want you to just quickly just take a, a look at this, um, this transition. And just think about one or two more things, inshallah. And that is, he didn't ask for, Ibrahim didn't ask for what should be, what should happen with the wrongdoers. The word for them was ظالمي. The word was not repeated here. Allah didn't say, قَالَ وَمَنْ ظَلَمَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا He said, قَالَ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا For Allah, now Allah is describing what is that zulm? How are they wrongdoers? They are wrongdoers by becoming ungrateful and being deniers. Kufr means two things, to be ungrateful and to be deniers. And Allah says, even those I will, I will let them enjoy. This life will provide people that are ungrateful. And this life will provide, Allah will provide people in this life that are in complete denial. And that, you know, for us, we know, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If you're grateful, I'll give you more and more and more. I will. But what He will give you, that's up to Him. Right, he's not, that's not up to us. I told you that not to be specific yesterday already, or the day before. Right, but the 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 transition here. It's important to note that twice Allah has changed the subject to the negative. Ibrahim said, "My kids," he said, "not wrongdoers." He said, "My believing kids." Yeah, but I'm going to help out your disbelieving kids, and then I'll take them to hell. <laughs> it's like, and, and if you put this in the larger context. Ibrahim is not just making any old dua. Ibrahim you know, when you do something amazing for Allah, you're in a position to ask. That's why you make extra dua when you go to Hajj or, you know, if you just made a lot of, if you gave a lot of sadaqah or something, you make dua. When you prayed a lot, you make dua. Because you just did something for Allah, you're in a position to ask Allah. What did, how did Allah begin this passage? Allah tested him with all kinds of instructions. What has he done for Allah? He's thrown himself into a fire for Allah. He's put a knife to his son's neck for Allah. He's left his family in the middle of the desert for Allah. What has he not done for Allah? And at the end of it all, Allah said, you passed all your tests. Yes, I passed all the tests. Now's the time to ask. Because if you do all this for Allah, and then you ask, it should be answered. So he asks, and then Allah says, no, not wrongdoers. (laughs) Well, believing kids, yeah, but you're disbelieving kids, I'll make sure they survive too. And they do well also. Eventually I'll take them to hell though. Like he's not getting straight. Yes, of course you earned it. 
course. Yes. What are we learning? We're learning that even someone as close to Allah as Ibrahim, who Allah considers a friend, Allah will not blanket give him whatever he asks for. He'll correct it. He'll channel it. We are not in a position to make demands to Allah whatever we feel like. And then Allah, why didn't he answer? I did, I prayed for him, I prayed to him, and then I asked, why didn't he give? He didn't even do that to Ibrahim, homie. And that's like in the Quran. Like, why do you think you could just ask and just he's supposed to give you? Whatever you ask. And those are pretty legitimate concerns, Ibrahim alayhi salam. says, no, that's not how it works. In other words, you can ask, but then Allah will also give reality check. You have to be very aware of Allah's reality checks when you ask. You can't be in denial of them. If, if this was like a, a Pakistani conversation, no Allah, please, just come on, just do it. <laughs> uh, no. He's aware. Now Allah said, no, okay, I'm going to move on, and I'm going to circumvent, and I'm going to navigate my dua differently. You know. Now Allah is not in direct conversation with us. So we don't know if our dua is realistic or not. Yes, we do. Because He is in conversation with us. It's called the Qur'an. We do. Learn this. So you know what to ask and what not to ask. These, these conversations are there for a reason. So our discourse with Allah is guided. Our prayers to Allah are guided. And so, you know, these du'as, this, this conversation is going to continue. And I'll give you just a teaser for the next ayah. Ibrahim alayhi salam has been told that his future generations are going to include wrongdoers. But he is now in the presence of the son that was just, just averted being sacrificed. What's his name? Ismail. Is that, can I at least make sure this is a good kid? Can you just give me this one first? Can, can, is this one cool? You know, because you said wrongdoers will be there. Can this one not be a wrongdoer? I really love this one. You know, so he's actually going to find a really smart way of asking for Ismail alayhi salam. A really beautiful way of asking for Ismail alayhi salam. That's going to be in the next ayah. When he and Ismail alayhi salam are doing a joint project, they're raising the foundations of the Kaaba. I was supposed to read to you something about the, the Kaaba and Maqam Ibrahim. I'll put that off till the next session, inshallah. Remind me to do that and I'll do that in the beginning. بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن الحكيم ونفعني وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Our mission is to spread awareness of the message and divine beauty of the Quran across the world. Support our mission at www.bayina.org. That's b a y y i n a h dot o r g.